So you got a whole uh, alpha team now, don't you? But you, but you have a wealth of knowledge that is beneficial to a lot of people, and it we can move the needle. How often do you hear a hunting podcast? We talked about this. People relate to this. Welcome back, everybody. I have got a amazing photographer, professional back tension hinge shooter. Uh, and uh, no, I'm just screwing around. I've got Ryan Haynes on the other end of the mic here. What's going on, man? Oh, not much. I uh, I wouldn't say that I'm professional at either of those things, especially the second one. So you're good. Trier. We're working though. Yeah, you're a good trier. No, no, you're <laughs> you are one hell of a photographer. But uh, we had just talked a second ago. Ryan was saying he was uh, working on shooting a back tension hinge. So I was laughing because of how many times I've launched arrows to Jesus and busted my face when I first started shooting a a hinge. So uh, yeah, I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the neighbor's fence and uh, and neighbor's dogs aren't uh, aren't out of the question when I'm shooting one of those right now. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it happens. <laughs> well, well, shit, man, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I uh, I guess first I, I live down here in southeastern Oklahoma, and uh, I'm just an outdoorsman, a, a big bow hunter, and and picked up photography probably four or five years ago, and and just ran with it. So that's kind of what I do. Um, I love both of them. I guess I'd say equally the same. Um, I've grown to love being behind the camera just about as much as, as being behind the bow. So it's, uh, that's kind of who I am, you know, to the core. So, uh, it's like, I, I, do you, fo- are, are you doing the, like photography, like full time or are you, is it part time or how do you work that? Just kind of part time. So actually I have a job, um, a nine to five, as I'd say, I, I, uh, I work from the house 90% of the time. Um, I do safety consulting for, for an insurance company, a large insurance company and, and, uh, make my own schedule, travel out on my, um, on my own and, and get my work done. And then allows me to have a lot of free time to, to pursue other passions like hunting and, and photography. So I got into it, uh, you know, uh, photographing for other companies, other people, uh, people's hunts and things like that a couple of years ago and, and kind of just started making those connections and, and going from there. God, so uh, I'm 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 going to assume you're a Sony guy, but I'm not sure. I'm trying to scroll through all your photos now. Nope, nope. I am a Canon guy, so I run a. I've I've had the. I love you. The, the R for. <laughs> <laughs> I have the R. Um, I've had the R since it came out, so I guess I've had that since like 2019, 2018, somewhere around there, and um, you know. I just don't, I, I, when I first got into all this, I, I wanted to do video and then I found out very quickly that video sucks. Um, <laughs> and it's just not for me. Um, I, I kind of took on to the photography thing after that just because, um, I'm an instant gratification kind of guy. Uh, I like, I like to take a photo and immediately know all oh, that, that photo is going to be badass after I look at the back of the camera and, and video, you can't really do that. It seems like, you know, you can, you can get all the shots you want and then, uh, you start to take it back, post-process it, and then you know, then after it's done, you can finally have the, the final product. But I like it right then and there, so I can upload it to my phone and edit it right there, and <laughs> and then there we go. So Sony just um, they make a lot of good. I mean, you can do a lot of a lot of good photo with with Sony as well. But it seems like their their video is definitely where they kind of got their their uh, their niche the last probably five or six years it seems. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I believe me, I've bounced all all four points of the compass with uh, cameras, and uh, you just can't beat the color of a cannon uh, to me, anyway. And uh, I ended up oh, going, especially right out of the body. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just, uh, yeah, I ended up. I've got an R five and an R three, and I think my wife might inherit my R five when they come out with that R five too. The only negative side was photography, phones, and computers. Um, just wait six months. You'll have something better than one you've got. But, uh, but they, that, that, that R5 yeah. and R3 are amazing. Um, well, did you, so it, like, it sounds like you were kind of like me on that. Did you just, uh, woke up on Tuesday, said, I want to be a photographer and just kind of what started YouTube and Googling it up and figuring it out. Yeah. So, um, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. It's when I, I look back, I kind of felt like I always had an eye for photography. Um, I knew when an image like looked really badass, or I, I just liked how certain images looked, um, aesthetically and way before I even got a camera. And then, yeah, I guess four or five years ago, I just woke up and I told the old lady, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to go ahead and buy a camera, buy a few lenses and try things out. And, and at first she was like, are you sure? <laughs> and I, you know, I'm dumping a couple grand into something. And I was like, yeah, yeah I'm going to do it. I think I'll be good at it. And sure enough, I, I got it. And when I first, when I first got the camera and didn't know anything about it, I was terrible, absolutely terrible, but uh, it's a learning process and I'm still learning today. So yeah, I guess you could say I just woke up one day and was like, you know what, let's try this out. And it, it's taken me a lot further than I, I really thought it would, um, in, you know, the last couple of years. Yeah. yeah you, just going through your, you've got, I like the look and you know, we, the style, like we, we talked about on a different, you know, podcast, everybody kind of has, uh, a style. And when I say that you get rid of the iPhone photos or whatever off someone's page and like their true artistic eye or photos. Um, I like that little bit darker and softer look, which is kind of where you're at. Um, you know, I shoot in mm -hmm. like shady house quite a bit and it looks like you kind of have that same color scheme, not on all of them, but, um, yeah, super. Yeah. You have a good eye. Um, but not that I, you know, who am I to say, right. You have a good eye for what I like. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely kind of took on that darker, uh, softer, um, little more almost underexposed look just because it's, uh, you know, it just really caught my eye. And it's, it seems like today it's very aesthetically pleasing to most people. So, um, I think that's kind of why I took it on, you know, a while back. And it's, it's, uh, it's something that's always improving though. No, it, yeah, yeah, you, you are a very, uh, you have a very good eye. So talk a little bit about, or, or let's BS back and forth. So some of the things when you were learning photography, um, what you learned real quick uh, out of the gate. And when I'm talking about from gear or, you know, shooting like big mistakes and, and, you know, one of the things is like, you know, I used to shoot a lot of bad photos to get a good one. Now I, I don't, uh, I don't have that as much of a problem. I, I learned real quick, my computer that I had wasn't good enough for the, didn't have enough mega donkeys, right? I, I had a lot of data going. I didn't have yeah. enough memory or Ram uh, to run the programs. Talk about that. Some of the big mistakes and, and triumphs you had. Some of the big mistakes I think that people make is they think that the gear is actually going to, and, and I, I fell in this, into this myself, they think the gear is going to make the good photo. Um, so, you know, people go out and buy, you know, a, a $3,000 camera body and a $2,000 lens. And like I said, I, I, I did that at first and then I shoot a photo and I'm like, wow, that was, that was dog shit. You know, that was terrible. Um, what kind of photo is that? It, why did it turn out like I, you know, like 
these other people's photos on, on Instagram or online and things like that. And, and uh, so that was one of the big mistakes is just kind of learning that it's not the gear. Um, it's the person behind the camera um, that, that really makes the photo um, angles. And you definitely have to learn artistic angles. Um, and then I guess another struggle of mine, um, kind of like you said, is just computer wise, uh, you know, and believe it or not, I, when I first got into, into this, I was editing, I was editing everything in Lightroom. Um, I had an older MacBook and when I would upload a a large raw file in the, into Lightroom, one, you would just get the spinning circle of death. And two, what it would do is when I would go to export that photo to my phone, it would be completely different. The colors would be not, not like they are, um, when I'm editing. So what I actually do now is I, um, I got, I got a new iPhone and it seems like I have to keep up with that every couple of years because, um, they're getting so much better is I actually edit all of my photos from my phone. I don't even edit on my computer anymore just because, um, of that issue. It seems like every time I, I would go to edit a, a picture on the computer, when I went to export it, the colors were different. So it's like between the color, um, on the phone and the computer was so drastic that it's like, I didn't even edit that photo to begin with. So um, those are uh, some of the struggles that I would say is just uh, between technology and, and getting to learn your camera <laughs> a little better from the begin with, instead of thinking that that $5,000 rig going to shoot a good photo. So, And I, I think like that's one of the, and this is my own uh, personal opinion for anybody yelling at the uh, computer right now, as I say this, Sony has a better prosumer <laughs> camera in a lot of ways. Um, I, I felt uh, with some of their different models, it's it's better to, you know, you can throw her on auto. And it's it's funny. Some of my favorite photos are from a Nikon or excuse me, from a Canon 5D Mark III at 12 megapixels long time ago. Right. Like, oh, well over a yeah. decade ago. And now I have and I, I, I since it's something I like, I do piss away. I just spent 14 or twelve thousand dollars on a wildlife lens. That one hurt. I'm I not going to lie. Yeah, I, I saw that. I, that's, yeah. I will, I will say though, I want to make love to that lens. That thing is fucking awesome. <laughs> Maybe not make love, but I've thought yeah. about it. I I've dry humped it. Um, hey, I would think about it too. So <laughs> I might have to, if my wife leaves me, but look at Jerry, we're laughing, Jerry. Um, but I, when you, with the, with the gear or whatever, the one thing I try to ex, you know explain to people when they're buying lenses is like, look, you can learn photography far before you get a camera, right? So you, and you can, you can on an iPhone 14 is a badass camera, right? It is a very good camera. Yes, very very much. And what was, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm old enough to be your dad, right? But I mean, what was, what was like high end back in the day is, is, you know, that took amazing photos, is, is you can find for 500 bucks, 250 bucks on Craigslist or something. So it's like, look, learn to use the functions of the camera, setting up the shop, getting the eye. Um, then like the, yeah, everything else will fall into place if you get the gear and then like, like learn it. I, you're almost going backwards. It's better to kind of learn everything, read about it and at least, you know, get an idea. That's, that's my own personal opinion. I went the other way around and then I got lucky and was like, this is stupid. I don't Everything's on auto. I'm not doing anything right. And then I kind of re, re you know, re- reassessed, but what are your thoughts yeah. on some of that, like learning photography and what do people really need to learn? 
through some of that struggles as well when I first got going. Um, leaving the camera on auto is one of the first things that you should uh, you should not do. Um, <laughs> definitely get to learn all your settings between uh, you know your lighting, your exposure, your aperture, um, and things like that. Because if you don't, you just leave that camera on auto. You're not going to get the full benefits of what it can really do. So, um, what I tell people as well is, you know, I could take someone, I could take a dude who has been practicing photography for 20 years and give them a $300 camera and a $150 lens and then give someone who uh, is just starting out a $5,000 camera with a $5,000 lens and tell them to shoot the same thing. And I could bet money that the guy who has the most experience is going to shoot a way better photo. Um, and it's just because he, he knows how to work that camera compared to the guy who doesn't know how to work the camera. So kind of going back to what you were saying, it's just um, definitely do your research, do your study and just keep practicing with it. Um, it's something that, uh, that does, it's not going to come overnight. I know and, and it's the evolution of your own photography is never going to stop because I can take photos, photos on my Instagram that I go back six months ago that I thought were awesome. I look at today and I'm like, ah, what the hell was I thinking? You know, why, why did I edit it like that? Why did I shoot it like that? And then I go back and rework those photos and I'm like, oh, that's much better. So your eye is always going to change. And I think that's a good thing. It kind of makes it to where you don't get stuck in the mud and keep going over the same exact look over and over and over for, you know, years. Yeah, and like with the, uh, what you just said about the, 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 you know, the, somebody who's been shooting for 20 years and that, that happens a lot, whether I'm at a hunting camp and it's, uh, Hey, my, my wife's getting into this. Can you help her? Um, you know, with her cameras, I'll grab the can or, or her photography, I'll grab the camera and go through the settings and be like, okay, look, you have everything on auto. Have you ever looked like understand like F-stop or depth of field, things like that. And, I'll grab it, change some settings, go over like white balance metering and try to let them know like, hey, look, like you don't even need this camera to learn that. And well, there's too much info. Where do I go? And it's like, well, look, if you, you know, Peter McKinnon's got 75 billion followers. (laughs) Probably a good idea that, you know, Frono's photo, Chelsea and what's his name? I can't remember them all. There's a ton of them. It's more than most likely. I was going to actually say Peter McKinnon. (laughs) Hmm. He seems like an all around good dude. It's funny just to listen to, you know, it, like his page is great. Um, you yeah, can learn. That's where I first got my, I mean, that, that's where I still learn things. Anything I need to know, I, I go straight to his page and, and click on his YouTube and it, it's there. <laughs> well, and it's fun figuring it out. So like when I was doing like, um, oh, when I started messing around with, with filters, like, you know, whatever, what, you know, three, five, seven, eight stop or like, uh, you know, getting mm-hmm. like doing like street photography. But when I say street, like moving cars around corners and things like that, I, I watched a video, literally ran down, like ran down to the camera store, bought some filters and then waited for it to get dark and started screwing around, you know, with it. And <laughs> same thing with night photography. When I was doing a lot more night photography with TPs and like, you know, flames or sparks coming out of the stove and the lighting. Yeah. I quickly learned night photography is a lot harder than anything else. Cause like I've got a guy laying flat on the floor, moving the headlamp around, putting a t-shirt on top of it. Oh, my ISO blew this out, you know, and <laughs> it, you know, yeah. you learn and, and it's like touching a stove. You learn by burning your finger, you learn by shooting shitty shots and then you pick it up quicker that yeah. I think you do. Oh, for sure. For sure. Trial and error is, uh, is definitely the best teacher uh, when it comes to photography. I feel like so, um, yeah, I couldn't agree more there. 
So what are you what do you have now for your your primary camera and lenses? Yeah, so I still shoot uh, the R. Um, in my backup camera, I actually have a Nikon Z50. It's a little pocket rocket that I take. Um, and, and what I do is I still use my Canon lenses. I just throw an adapter on there to uh, use my L lenses on my the Z50. And the reason I got the, the Z50 um, is mainly because it's really small, and it actually shoots great photos. Um, it's a cross sensor, too. So uh, sometimes what I'll do is I'll take it uh, from shooting any kind of wildlife and I'll take a, you know, a 400 or so and, and I'm able to get, you know, that, that 1.6 crop and get way out there. So, um, but as far as lenses, I usually shoot all of the lenses that I shoot with are, are L lenses from Canon. And they, my favorite is the, the 51.2. That is, it's an absolutely amazing lens. The, the bokeh, it's so fast that 1.2 is let so much light in, but, uh, that's why that's one lens that if, uh, if you're trying to work with, you really have to get good with it. And, and that's another trial and error lens, because if you don't, if you, if your exposure is not spot on and you're, uh, what, what, what's going to happen is that photo is going to turn out so soft that it's, it's going to look hideous. So, um, but that's, that's my primary lens. I'll shoot with a 35, a 16 to 35 and, and I kind of put the 70 to 200, um, you know, on the desk for a while now, just cause I hate carrying the thing around. Yep. Yeah. I feel your pain on that one. Um, that's one thing like when now you, you got uh, a 400. <laughs> yeah. I just say one thing you have to learn, like, okay, what am I going to be shooting when I head out the door and, uh, you know, what, or, or what do I want to pack in? So like, you know, there's a like a 70 to 200 is a lens I don't use that often. But man, when I need that lens, I, there's nothing better. Um, it's a 70 to 200 yeah. to weight. But when I, you know, when I say that meaning, mm-hmm. that's probably I'm, I'm like filming a, or I'm photographing a hunt. And when I say that, I'm probably gonna have to have another lens with me a little bit wider angle um, a 50 or 35, but action shots where I'm hanging back a little bit, filming a stock or photographing a stock. I say, film, I don't film shit with, except with my iPhone, uh, photographing a stock, catching arrows <laughs> in flight over the shoulder. Uh, you got a lot of, a lot of options with that, but that 51 too, it does to me produce a better photo. Um, but like top to bottom, I mean, I, every photo come, I, I it's, Every every photo out of that fifty one two is one of those ones I look at and just like wow that that came out really really good for you know for a walk around lens but it doesn't have legs and a lot of people in photography you'll read will say use your legs as your zoom yeah that shit doesn't fly on a yeah. hunt you you sometimes you gotta not have on a, a hunt yeah, yeah you gotta have a zoom so yeah and, and that's that's kind of I mean speaking of that point I've. I'm kind of on both sides of that because what I tell people when they're first starting to get into photography is I tell them if I were them, I would get a prime lens. And the reason I say that is because if you give someone a, you know, a 70 to 200 to begin with, what they're going to do is they're going to max that out all the way. And they're just going to shoot from one stationary position and they're not going to kind of get creative with it. They're not going to walk around, get creative angles and learn. But then again, like you just said, when it comes to a hunt, um, when, it ha- when it comes to something that where you do have to hang back from your subject, then obviously a 50 millimeter is not going to do it. You're going to have to have something you can stand back and, and crop in and get to them. So um, I'm kind of on both ends of that spectrum. I, I No, I actually, I agree with you 100%. I am a prime lens guy. It's just 
I'm a prime lens guy until I got to photograph a hunt and then I'm not, and I am, it's just, if I'm on a stock, those are ones where that 70 to two comes into play, but that's also, I probably use that lens 10% of the time for what you just described or discussed. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, um, you know, when I, when I go, like if I go photograph, let's say, I don't know, mule deer or sheep, I know I'm going to need a one to five or that 400 in, in the doubler or the, the 1.4, but, or the, whatever the, you know, I'll, I'll screw in the teleconverter, but I also want a lens, yeah. whether it be a 28 to 70 F2 or my 50 and maybe even the 16 to 35 on my backup. That's actually just to photograph the trip. And when I say that, meaning dragging your shit out of the car, right. Or my wife screwing around with her phone, or we stop at a diner on the way there, or, you know, a bad, you know, the, the, the truck looks cool. And I take a photo with a mountain backdrop. And that is where the 50 or a 1635 or whatever comes into play. It gets real squirrely when you're doing like camp shots, because you have to have somewhat of a wide angle to get larger yep. camp shots. And then, you know, you're That's screwed. Right. You're, you're carrying some shit because you got to have the one, but you <laughs> yeah. got to have the other. And then you're like, well, my pack weight is going up. Exactly. Um, and that's where that 22 mag comes into play. So uh, it's usually always filled up with, with camera gear. And I'm not one, I, I treat my camera gear like crap. I, I probably should put put something in the pack to uh, to help organize and carry things. But I think if you open up my pack on a, on a regular hunt, you'll just see, um, you know, 15 power binoculars when I'm out west and about five different lenses and a camera body. So <laughs> but the good thing is this camera makes a pretty durable camera. A Canon makes a pretty durable camera. Um, so, so far I haven't had any issues with it, but uh, I agree. Um, especially when you're trying to get those camp shots, a little wider angle is the way to go. And, and that's kind of why I've moved over to my cell phone quite a bit though. Obviously you can't really do any of the night photography with it, but um, when it comes to regular, just regular camp life and things like that, my cell phone has been great for that. Um, the new 14 Pro Max camera would surprise a lot of people Yeah, what it can do. I got to go get one, actually. I was supposed to go yesterday, or was it the day before? Yeah, whatever day it was, I didn't go. I I got to get the 14. I think they're like a 48 megapixel now. So 48 megapixel, the wide angle is amazing. The battery is crazy good, and uh, the raw photo capability is is awesome. So if you're listening to this, um, a whole bunch of my my camera, I mean, my Instagram feed, especially the last two or three months, has been from an iPhone. So... (laughs) Well, and so uh, there's a video that uh, Chelsea and her husband, what's the hell's his name? Uh, Dang. Um, It's a husband and wife. They have an amazing page on YouTube. Uh, I'll have to find it here in a second. But they do a video. uh, I think it's called TJ Perez sent it to me, another another really good photographer. And it's like, don't buy this camera. Yeah, he is. Something and they discuss what you and I are, and they're like, "Hey, if you have a thousand dollar budget, buy a buy a phone, right? Get get an iPhone 14." And I feel bad because sure. guys are like, "Hey, I want to get into wildlife wildlife photography. I, you know, I've got like a thousand fifteen hundred dollar budget," and I'm like, "Well, you can buy the SD cards. Uh, it's an expensive <laughs> thing, right? I mean, you know, and I don't want to be a a, a, a ah. dick. What's her name?" Tony and Chelsea. Yeah, Tony and Chelsea. There you go. That's another really good page. And I, I don't okay. want to. I don't want to yeah, be a pecker. Check them out. I don't think I ever have. Yeah, they're they're good they, and they're funnier than hell. Um, he kind of looks like he should be modeling coffee in Italy uh, a little bit. She's hot though. Um, but uh, 
it's it's expensive, right? To to really get into wildlife. Hey there, we're Tony and Chelsea, hey, and welcome. Turn that to- off. We can hear it. Um, <laughs> he's googling. Um, when you, I mean, you can take amazing photos with an iPhone 14 or 13, and you can. When yeah. you get into wildlife photography, you can get into the more budget level, like a 150 to 600 Sigma or Tamron makes a good one. The one to five, um, which most of those sheep photos I was just taking, that's with a one to five Sony or excuse me, Canon. I think that uh, that was like 2200, uh, 2500, maybe kind of expensive, right? Yeah. Definitely. But you get into the 600 F4 or the 400 2.8. You're talking about a truck. You're talking about five times. Yeah, you're talking about five times that price. Yeah, and so obviously you want to build up to that. I about had a fucking heart attack. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. I I I think I would be divorced real quick if uh, if I came home one day with one of those lenses. But hey, someday, someday we'll get there. uh, When you're talking about wildlife photography, that's a whole new ball game. Um, It's. I mean, you can do. You, you can do photography on a decent budget. And what I tell people, one, their cell phones, and two, is you wouldn't believe, I think about nine, probably 90% of my lenses have came from Facebook Marketplace, uh, believe it or not. Um, and people sell stuff that they really don't know they have or they sell it for, I don't know how they got it. I don't know if they stole it or what. But uh, what people sell stuff for a crazy good deal on Facebook. Um, and you can usually even talk them down more. So obviously you just got to know what you're doing, know what you're looking at and, and make sure the lens works before you grab it. But um, I do a lot of that. And, and the good thing about camera gear is once you have it, you have it. Um, you know, a lot of times these lenses are, are built so good that you can use them for, for years. I've used this 51.2 now for a very long time. Um, and it still shoots great photos. So, um, that's one way you can do it on a budget. But when you're talking about wildlife photography, that's when you're talking about getting into those lenses that are, you know, 10 times the price of your camera body alone. So, uh, that's where it gets really expensive. And that's, if I'm going to shoot any kind of wildlife, I'm usually renting lenses. Yeah. And like with the renting thing is a good way to go, especially if you're thinking of buying, right? Definitely. If you're doing a shoot, yeah. you know, and on my end and I, you know, I'm, I'm like financially, I'm just able to to do some of this and it was a side job or, or more than one that allowed me to get uh, the lenses. And, and what I did, I actually ordered a 600 F4 in the 428 and then a 1.4 and a two, uh-huh. two teleconverter to figure out one. I'm like, I highly doubt I'm going to keep both, but I might, right. I, I, I'm going to have to hide one of them. Um, no, my wife is super cool. I'm lying. She's super <laughs> chill. But uh, I went out in the front yard throwing shit for the dogs, right. I'm shooting the cars going by and I'm like, okay, the 600s going back. Um, I could have rented it. Right. But it, you know, they have a return policy because the, the 400 with a two X teleconverters, uh, goes to a five, six and it's still amazing. Autofocus, great photo. And I'm like, man, do I really need a 1200 F eight? Right. Like, you know what I mean? With yeah. The, it doesn't make sense. Well, yeah. You have to shoot in broad daylight, you know? Well, and you're packing a fucking human body around that. That 600 is no joke. I <laughs> yeah. had I had a Canon 600 yeah. uh, before the the old uh, mount, and then I had a Nikon 600 before, and it 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 takes amazing photos. But you are literally heading into the field for one reason alone, and that is just to. to I yep. mean, you can't carry. You need a 22 mag to carry the lens. 
right? That it just took, I yeah, mean, just it's, a yeah. <laughs> but, but, but getting down into it, like when you're getting into photography, I, I tell people like buy used for one to make sure you want to do it or you like mm-hmm. it lenses for sure. Like I've never, I've never had a lens go bad. I've, I've smoked some bodies, but I've never had a lens go bad. And then yeah, for sure. you don't have to get the best thing on the market at that time. Like even, Oh, like a, an R6 two is and I mean, professional photographers use that the R I mean, it, that's an amazing camera and you can buy them used from dick dickheads like me that buy shit and get tired of it, move on and you get a hell of a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Now you can buy the R for the body for next to nothing. It seems because it's been out for a while. And like I said, I don't really dabble in too much video anymore besides, you know, making reels and things like that for Instagram and, and, if if you're not dabbling in video, the R is a great camera for, for anyone out there who's looking to, to kind of step up their camera game to, you know, if you're shooting a, a DSLR and you want to get into a mirrorless, that's a great, a great starter. So and, I'd recommend this camera to anyone. So And you can get that down to like 1600 bucks now. I think it was probably closer to, man, it was probably double that when you bought it, wasn't it? At least a thousand more. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pushing three when I bought it back in like 20, I guess it was 2019, 2018, somewhere around there. And it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely pushing three, but you can get it for half the price now. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, it's an amazing camera and, and it is hard to, to smoke down a camera body. Like the two that I broke one, I went straight into a river and the other one was just literally the worst conditions known to man for eight, 10 days on a backpack hunt, rain, mud, you know, condensation. And finally it just stopped working. <laughs> and uh, I sent it an in and they're like, it has water damage. I'm like, yeah, I fucking bet it does. I was like, if you knew what I put that camera through. <laughs> so, and they were cool. Yeah. It took a little while to get it back, but they, they fixed it. Yeah. I mean, you can't beat it. And, um, I mean, this camera alone that I've had, I've dropped from a 20 foot tree stand with a 7200 a couple times and it is still fine. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm just living right or what, but, uh, this one's, I probably jinx myself now, but, uh, this one's just fine after a couple big drops. So, um, they're definitely worth it. Like you said, it's easier to mess up a lens than it is a camera body. So uh, if you're out there, that's a great camera or, or another one I would recommend is uh, the 90D. The camera, if you want to go DSLR, that's, a, that's another good camera of the crop sensor for anyone wanting to get into it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, well, let's, uh, and we've done podcasts on this before, but like people get a little bit confused. Uh, so, like a lot of guys run the Sony uh, 6,000, 6, 6,500, something like that. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a crop frame and, uh, without getting to the minutia of the detail, if you took the sensor, um, of the camera, you know, you're cutting three quarters of it off or whatever, like you're, you're not as good at low light, things like that. They're g- great with film. You know, it, it's not going to have the legs of uh Canon R or five or whatever. It's just, it's just not the same, um, animal. And then when you look at, like you said, like the, the 90, I, mean, I can confuse people by listing too many cameras out there. What I think people really need to look at is what is their end goal? So if they're just getting started, get what you can afford. But if they're starting to really, you know, get into photography, is their end or, or videography, what is their end goal, right? What are they, what are they going to want to do? And people are like, well, what do you mean by that? I'm like, are you going to shoot weddings and portrait photography? Are you going to shoot wildlife? Are you going to shoot landscape? Like what you purchase has a lot to do with that, in my opinion, especially when you're on a budget. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, just like anything, uh, definitely. If you're looking to take anything serious, um, whether it be you know in the in the outdoors as far as bows, rifles, or, or you know cameras, get with the best that you can afford. Uh, and what's funny is is once you get into it, though, it seems like it's a it's a rabbit hole. You want more and more and more. So I've had to I've had to control myself the last couple of years because for a while there I was just <laughs> I was just buying everything I could and and wondering where all my money was going. And then I look at my camera shelf and then <laughs> there's 15 lenses and, and a few camera bodies. So I had to, uh, I had to kind of uh, con- to condense everything back down. So with, on that note, um, and we talked about this a little bit back and forth, but if you were telling someone like, Hey, I kind of want to get into the industry, but I don't want to be in the industry. I want to be a photographer. Uh, you know, I don't want to be a, whatever the word, what is it called now? An influencer or a Instafluencer or what? I don't want to do that. I want to be the person making the Instafluencers, right? I want to get into photography. Yeah. I want, like, like, uh, cause you do a lot of the photos for whitetail fit. Um, you know, and, and like, yeah, yeah. Said, we do, we do a, we do a lot of stuff together. Yeah. Super good dude. We just had him on the podcast. Like, so you, like you said, you like being behind the camera as much as you like being behind the bow. So somebody wants to do that, yeah. want to be behind the scenes. They want to get going, give, give your, um, gear recommendation to that person on a $5,000 budget. And then I'll give mine, see if they're too far off. Okay. On a five thousand dollar budget, I would go roughly. roughly. <laughs> are they? Are they? So they're they're novice. They're very new. Yeah, yeah. They've they've had an iPhone and maybe a point Super and shoot. New. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So what I would do is I would uh, I would go with either the Canon R six. I would go with the the regular R six, which you which you could probably get for what. <laughs> 1500 camera body now somewhere around there and then i would go with a 85 millimeter 1.8 which you get for 400 bucks that shoots amazing photos and then a 70 to 200 2.8 canon or i mean actually if you didn't want to go that you could go with the the tamron and that's a Tamron or a Sigma, they both shoot great, especially for, for you're just getting into it. And you can get those for well under a thousand. So that's, that's what my starter pack would be. Um, and then just invest in, in, uh, you know, hard drives and, and something you can edit on. Yeah. And that part is another whole animal. So I should have added more to the budget, excluding the, the hard drive <laughs> stuff. And, and you're not too far off. I mean, the one thing that I would say is when I ask people or people ask me about this, I, I ask them what page they follow, like what pages. And it generally I've found yeah. is if they are more of a walk around photographer, meaning they like camp shots, right? They like, you know, a lot of your shots are kind of the same way. A lot of artistic, uh, type shots, a little bit of portrait, but you know, they're, that they're, they're just filming the life, right? They're filming what's going on throughout the day. They're not getting a lot of landscapes. They're not. And it's like, okay, that kind of tells me what I think, what photographer they might become. And so if they like a little bit more of a wide angle, I might say get a 35 instead of a 50 or, a 16 to 35 or a 24 millimeter and, you know, maybe go a little lower if they're going to need a little more wide angle. And then same thing, 24 to 70 or 24 to 105. Um, 
and really whatever the hell they find on sale. And you can find 24 to 105s like sure. you can find heroin addicts. Those fuckers are everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> you can find those for 100, 200 bucks, 200, 250 bucks nowadays, it seems like. So, um, yeah, for sure. You know, I would be a little more into wide angles if I lived somewhere besides southeastern Oklahoma. It's nothing but uh, crackheads and, and <laughs> pine trees and, and things like that down here. So, there's not a lot of not a lot of good landscape out here to shoot. So uh, when I go out west, I try to get into it a little bit. But uh, for now, you know, the wide angles kind of stay in the bag. Well, and I mean, that's just that. I mean, it, that is what it is. And you described it perfect. Um, where you live dictates a lot of, you know, what you do. <laughs> so, like, you know, if I lived back there where you're at, I wouldn't I wouldn't have bought a 400 or, a, a, a you know, or a four or six because you know for where I, I might buy jackson hole um i've got a lot of wildlife i'm near the winter range um you know i'm not really into the whole duck molester thing for photography i don't i don't get a lot on I, i'm not you know photographing anything on the wing jerry's looking at me funny that's what you call it mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know he's giving me crap i'm not a duck hunter but um even with uh, even with that, you can seventy to two can get you done duck hunting from from my limited experience. Um, you know, photographing that, but like you think about it in the duck blind because I had somebody ask me this not long ago. I'm like, dude, I don't photograph duck hunters. Well, I'm a duck hunter and I really want to get into photography. I'm yeah. like, well, if you're shooting yeah. shit out of the blind and you want to get anything in a box blind or in a boat, you're gonna have to have a wide angle. Like you have to, right? You're not, you know, you're not going to have a 70 to 200 sure. and stand on the bow and get anything out. You know what I mean? Or stand up in your seat. And then you're going to have to get a, a little something with some legs on it. You mentioned Tamaron, uh, Tokina's another one. Sigma's another one. You can get some pretty good. Sigma makes a great lens as well. Um, that 150 to 600 from Sigma and uh, Tamaron, um, man, it's not a bad, not a bad lens for the money. I think that thing's like... 1100 bucks, 1500 bucks. And it takes good oh, photos. Yeah, exactly. Oh, very good photos, especially for someone just starting out. Um, it's funny though, when you, when you, your eye develops, when you, when you shoot enough, your eye just starts to develop over time. And you can, when I first started shooting, I was like, oh, there's not a difference between, you know, that Tamron and uh, 70 to 200, 2.8 and this, uh, the Canon, especially the new, the new Canon, uh, the R adapter Canon, uh, 70 to 200, 2.8. I was like, oh, there's no difference. There's no need to go and spend another 2,500 bucks on it. But once you start shooting enough and your eye to start developing, you can tell a huge difference. Um, but your average everyday person might not, <laughs> it, it might just be us camera geeks who can really tell the difference. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I, it's funny cause you, uh, you know how you have like what animosity or shit talking or whatever in the archery industry, I have found from creeping on forums in the photography industry, it might be worse. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, I think so. And you talk about like pixel peepers and people, you know, I, I am amazed at how many people talk shit about other photographers and their look or whatever. And, you know, I'm, I guess just not experienced enough. I look at foot. I mean, I go down wormholes like Jerry and I, uh, Shaw, he's, he's right beside me. We're, we're sitting on the couch last night and, you know, you look at my, um, you know, my page, you know, when you go to like search and it gives you like the platform of what, you know, your algorithms of what you, they think you would like. It's like fuzzy dogs, like 
powerlifting, uh, and a lot of <laughs> photography. And I mean a lot. And it's just, yep. you know, cause I just like looking at, 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 at photos and, and I don't look at them to look at the downside of them. I might look at them to get an idea, a different perspective. Um, you know, give me, give me something to look at and, and, uh, I, I, that's one of the beauty, beautiful things with photography for me is like, I can sit there and look at badass photos all day long. Oh, for sure. I'm the same way. Um, and that's kind of how I find some of my inspiration for, for other shoots. There's, there's some stuff. Sometimes you kind of get as you kind of get what they call that, you know, creative block or something. And, and it seems like things kind of get stuck in the mud and, and you're doing the same things over and over. And that's when I'll go to someone's page like Peter McKinnon or, or, um, uh, or Stephen Drake's, he, he's amazing. He's an amazing photographer. Um, or what's her? Oh, Brooke Bartleson. I don't know if you know who she is. She's she's an amazing photographer on uh, on Instagram, and she she does a lot of wildlife photography. And and that's kind of where I got some of my inspiration for more of the aesthetic, uh, a little bit more of the darker side of images. And, and sometimes I'll go to their pages and just kind of look for for different things. And I'm like, oh shit. That's, I didn't think about that angle. I didn't think about shooting it like that and, um, and kind of just wonder how they got those images. And yeah, so I use Instagram still quite a bit. I wouldn't say copying, but I would say just kind of, you know, looking for, for something a little different. Yeah. And I would say the same thing. Like I'm not looking to like copy, but it does give you an idea of different perspectives or, you know, different shots or whatever. But like, so like untamed images. So that's Jason Loftus. I follow his, um, you know, quite a bit, uh, photography wise. And then Mark Payton is another one. Um, and he, mm-hmm. Mark Payton photography, uh, David Martinez, uh, he's in, in these mountains. He's an insane, uh, sheep photographer. Um, and then Elk yeah. Song Images is another guy. Uh, he's a, he's a longtime friend. He's a great photographer, and I I can keep going. There's a ton, and it's funny though because like remember that big drop tine buck that was in the winter range recently all over social. Uh huh. So that four yep. fucking deer, right? That's not that far from my house, and I was out <laughs> hunting and what. Anyway, so like literally, I'm like. I, how many different people I follow on social media are on this strip in the wintering range chasing down, trying to get a photo of this deer. Cause it was a very I- impressive deer, but I'm, I'm lucky. I, you know, I live pretty close to here. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that I made no you sense. You mentioned Jackson hole. I live pretty close to here. You mentioned, I meant to say I live pretty <laughs> close to there with whatever <laughs> you mentioned. What? <laughs> Uh, I said, uh, you mentioned Jackson Hole. I went out there with my wife, uh, I guess it's been two years ago. We went out and, and went to the Tetons and stuff, and I chased around elk with the with the camera. And it's, I think I'm going to try to do that again this year. I'm actually heading to Alaska here in a couple of months and going to go on a few different uh, like wildlife tours. So I'm going to rent a lens to go back out there. But, man, that, that place out towards Jackson is amazing. You get some awesome images out there. And I've, I've been seeing you uh, – you take a lot. Is that, is that where you take a lot of your mule deer and sheep shots? Uh, no, actually, well, the mule deer was when I was in Colorado. I mean, some of the recent ones are obviously, you know, in, in, you know, here and kind of in the wintering range, um, East Fork, but the, the sheep was just an area, I don't know, it's probably an hour from my house. Uh, but when I lived in, um, uh, Colorado, you know, I shot out at Green Mountain, uh, go to Rocky Mountain National Park, uh, Red Rocks, like this big loop that was actually just basically around houses, um, during the rut. But, you know, now that I'm here, I've got, 
but you know, it's awesome photographing bison. So I've got bison, elk, mule deer, sheep, moose. I've got a lot, you know, to, to work with here. And so, you know, I'm kind of working more into the photography thing and, and not out of hunting, but less hunting, uh, you know, as time goes on. And like one of the, I mean, one, the trip I'm most excited about this year in 2023 isn't hunting. I'm taking my wife to Oregon and Washington, then taking a ferry from Washington to Alaska, then going to Kodiak to photograph brown bear, brown bears and whales. Um, which is that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, no, and she's never really seen the like uh she's never seen triple canopy rainforest, like giant trees, the west coast, the one highway one oh one. Um and then obviously taking the ferry through the, you know, the islands or whatever else heading to Alaska, it'll be, it'll be fun for. Yeah, that'll be nice. I know we we're heading, like I said, we're heading to Alaska here pretty soon and we're going to do, um, we're stopping at a whole bunch of places and we're, there's a spot actually, it's called Haynes, Alaska. And, and we didn't, it's my exact name spelled the exact same way. And we didn't mean it to be like this. It was just happened to be on the, one of the stops and, and uh, that's known for a whole bunch of different, uh, we're going to see a lot of brown bears and, and a whole bunch of different wildlife. So I think I'm going to try to rent a, I don't want, I don't know if I want to lug around a big 400 2.8. So I'll probably just go ahead and, and rent a one to 400 L lens, um, which is still a pretty good lens. I'll say it's, it's not near as sharp as the, the prime, but it's, it's still a, a really good lens for, for some wildlife stuff. So that's probably what I'll try to, to uh, lug out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, uh, anytime you're like hunting and trying to photograph at the same time, it, it, it is a kick in the ding ding. It's kind of a pain. And then when you're photographing a hunt, obviously, you, you know, you, you have a kind of a, a goal, right? I mean, you have to get photos, but the guy behind the bow has to shoot something. So when you're just going out to photograph, it is so nice, right? I, I, I am like just chill the whole time. The only thing I've got to worry about is like pulling the truck over and making sure that, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's cloudy. I'm going to be a better photographer today. We have to go out today. You know, like, there's no stress at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, not none at all. And I, I, I like how you mentioned that because here recently, Joel and I just got back from, uh, from Arizona, as did you, I think. And we, uh, usually my last trip of the year is Arizona every single year. And I've kind of made it a point the last couple of years to really not take any photos. I, I, I didn't even pull my camera out of the truck this time. And it's because I, I work all, all year long. It's like I work behind the bow and the camera at the same time. And it's exhausting. It, it gets, it gets exhausting over time. So usually I just put the camera down. I took a few iPhone photos and things like that, but I, I didn't take any with my camera at all. Um, and it was nice. Um, but then again, I love when I can just focus on just shooting with the camera only, not having to worry about a bow not having to worry about any of that, because that's when a lot of your, a lot of the best photos come, uh, come from not having to worry about you know, having to shoot an animal at the same time. Yeah, definitely. And, and you've got more time to, not stage, but like you've got, hold on, I'm going to walk back here, get a different angle, you know, what, you know, whatever, right. You, you don't have to worry about blowing an animal out. Uh, the closest thing danger I've had when photographing recently is getting run over on the uh, drive down to Arizona when I was going through page where that big, there's a big dam or bridge there. Um, and I was trying to, uh, you know, shoot down the center line, long straight stretches. And I, you know, I, anyway, yeah, it, uh, I about got run over. I need to not do that shit during busy times. I'm I'm trying to get this <laughs> shot. Uh, it wasn't good. I'm sure people yelling at, but there's certain shots that you just can't, uh, 
there's certain lighting or whatever. It's just like, man, I, I don't want to say that I'm willing to get hit by a car. Of course I'm not, but I'll risk some shit to get a good shot. Um, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. Like I, I will do some dumb shit to get a good photo. Oh, for sure. Um, and I remember listening to a podcast how long ago you did with, uh, Stuart about that, that shot that you took with, uh, about the tree that was just in coming into, into fall and it was all yellow and then everything else is snow around it. That was, that was a shot that I would have pulled over on the side of the road and about got hit to get to. Yeah, that uh, it was funny because there was like not great road conditions, but not horrible. But like I passed it doing 80, slam on the brakes. I look behind me. There's nobody coming. Now I'm looking for like, can I pull it to the right or left or can I shoot over the center line? I guess somebody could potentially write me a ticket because I just put her in four and cross the center dip thing and whipped it around and I'm like, okay. And whatever. So, but I like that, it's hard to mimic that. Like you're not going to find that shot. I mean, I could drive 10,000 miles and not find that exact shot again. And it was funny when I looked left, I was like, Oh, I mean, I'd seen a hundred yellow trees in five minutes, but that one was just a perfect setting. And so, yeah. And I, there's hardly any even editing on that photo. I didn't, I didn't mess with that much, you know, so there's no, uh, fairy dust sprinkled on that thing. That's almost as it was shot. So that's insane. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a photo that everyone wants to come across. Yeah. What, uh, what would you say is, uh, like, do you have, I, you know, I always have like three or four or five I'm thinking of in my mind. What are some of your, your top three photos that you have? Hmm. So I'm actually looking at one right now, uh, that it's, it's an elk shot that I, it's just basically a, um, kind of more of a wide angle. And there's this big six point bull that is feeding in the sage out towards, it's actually out in, in the Tetons. And, uh, I had to, you know, it's funny is a lot of people think that when you're photographing some of those elk out there, it's not like going into Yellowstone where you can get 20 yards away from them. Some of the ones in the Tetons, like I actually, they were like, I was doing some scouting on Onyx trying to figure out where these bulls were in the summertime. <laughs> and I finally found them. Um, and they were like a mile off the road and in the middle of nowhere. And I had to stalk up on them. And I was, uh, there's about seven of them bedded in the sage. And all you could see was their antler tips. And um, I crawled in the sage for like an hour and a half before I got within a hundred yards of them. And I started taking photos and one of them just lined out perfect. It's a, uh, um, I don't even know if I have this one on my Instagram, but I, I have it on my wall and it's, uh, this big six points feeding in the sage and there's just mountains behind them. And, uh, it's just a perfect photo in my eyes of, of what I wanted it to be. And that's probably one of them. And then, you know, as far as uh, none of them really come off the top of my head, I guess I would say I took one of my favorites from this year is a photo that I took at this it's uh the first one on my my profile it's it's of me silhouetted of this buck that i shot this year that i've been chasing for for three plus years um and i took that photo of me silhouetted with in the background just the sunset and it's i I love that photo um mainly just because it means a lot to me that i got that buck just got chased him so damn long um but two i think it turned out great and i really don't i really don't know of anymore um off the top of my head, I'd kind of have to go back and look. Uh, but those are the two that come to mind. Gotcha. No, and I, I was looking at them right there. Those were good. So, yeah, and I, you always, you know, get those. And it's it's crazy because how, how old are you now? I'm 28. It, it'll be interesting, like, in 10 years, you know, because it's just looking back from – 
like the photos I've taken in, in different places and then talking to other photographers, it's weird. Cause it's like talking to a, a guy who let's say is a farmer who's 80, right? Like starts talking about, you know, back in the day when I, you know, whatever pick the cows got out and the traffic, you know what I mean? You're just enthralled. Listening. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll talk to a photographer that's, you know, has a lot more experience than me and just kind of toss them up softballs because I want to hear, you know, his stories and he'll talk about how the camera got lost and floated down the river, but it was in a dry sack and they spent six hours because then he didn't, you know, he didn't have a back and he's telling me these stories and I'm like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> that sounds funny now, but I bet that sucked and different shots they took that or what moment. they learned. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So it's always yeah. interesting. And obviously you being into it like you are be interesting where you take it over the next, you know, 10, 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's something that I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to Excel. Um, I don't know how much, you know, it's just because, um, I, I get, I get asked all the time to come and photo hunt, photograph hunts, to photograph, uh, to film hunts, to, to photograph other people doing things in the outdoors. And it's like, I, at the moment I'm coming, I'm, I'm limiting it and, and I don't do as much as I would like to. And the reason is, is because it takes away from my hunting time. And it's like, if I did this full time and I had the time to do that, then I would be all about it. But, uh, you, you know, I, I say I love it just as much as hunting, but if you gave me an ultimatum of which one I had to do, if I had to put the camera down or the bow down and I'm 10 out of 10 times putting the camera down, um, just because I guess I'm a hunter, a hunter at heart. So that's what I do. And, and, and photographing is second, but I, I would definitely like to see where I take in the, in the coming years. And, and I think I'll get better at it. Obviously everyone does. Everyone excels at things that they practice at a ton. And, but, uh, I would like to see where it goes as well, because I, even, I don't know that. I don't know what I want to do with it in the next 10 years. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm on the other end. Like if you would have asked me before, you know, years ago, I would have picked hunting and where now I can say, um, you know, for sure. Like I, I would pick up the camera. Like if I had to pick one from here on out and I, I, people are like, no way. And it's like, look, I'm not doing it for the wow factor. I'm, I'm just saying like, I, I have hunted for long enough and I've had, you know, I would, I would like to, if I could make a career out of it. Right. I just, it's not like, you know, my archery is my career. The outdoors is my career. Yeah. If I could choose right now and I could swap over, I would definitely do, you know, photography, um, you know, and hopefully I'll get to a point where, you know, that I can, I can do it more, more frequently. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm trying like, and I'm not, I'm not going to become a professional wedding photographer, but I, I do, I do really like photography it, and it is addictive and you're always looking for a better shot, looking, looking for that shot, that one photo that just drops everybody's draw or <laughs> drops yep. every, I have not been drinking. Yep, and that's <laughs> I'm getting tongue twisted. <laughs> uh, drops everyone's jaw. Go ahead. No screwballs. <laughs> Um, no, I was, I was saying uh, that 400 is definitely going to help you out for sure. Um, that 400 is a lens that you could, you could take some, some of those photos with, um, no doubt. So yeah, I'm looking forward to see what kind of where you take in the next 10 years as well. Uh, because a lot of your work is, is amazing. I, I look at that and, um, and there's a lot of stuff in there that I, that I like. So, um, I'll be looking at, you know, it's, it's so it's such a now that I'm thinking about it, it is it's a weird it's weird where photography has taken me because I never really thought you know you said you you kind of hinted at you don't really do it for anyone else and and kind of only do it for yourself and and that's where I am too but I do like take it when I take a photo and like you said everyone else's jaw drops that it it, it makes it 
10 times more addicting. It's like when you shoot a buck, uh, when you shot your first buck and you wanted to go out and do it again and again and again. Well, that's kind of what photography is for me sometimes too. It's like when I take that photo and I look at the camera immediately and I see the back of the camera and I'm like, Oh shit, that's going to be a banger of a photo. Um, then I'm like, well, let's try that again. Let's do something else to, to get another one like that and another one like that. And, and when you get those photos that really drop people's jaws, it, it doesn't, um, it doesn't come too often. I mean, I could take a lot of really good photos, but at the end of the day, when you take that one that you know is just going to be an amazing one, those are the ones that are really keep you coming back. I guess it's kind of like a golf swing too. <laughs> I don't know how to play golf, but you uh, you could have you know 17 holes of just terrible golf, and then you hit one good drive, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm coming back tomorrow and spending another 60 bucks. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I don't play golf, but yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I do, I sell some of my photos and, and I've, I've had done a few photo shoots, but for the most part, you know, at this point, I just, I just like taking photos. I mean, you know, it's like shooting a bow. I mean, some people just love shooting a bow. They don't need to make money at it. I, I definitely have, have more recently started to excel photos on like pick time and uh, sold some to doctor's office recently. Just, you know, when you go into the different uh you know different rooms or whatever they I, they uh man i think they bought 13 photos from me and it was it was funny because you could oh, tell awesome. the guy definitely followed the hunting adventures he's like i remember you took this photo whatever and i'm like we can't put dead shit in your office he was laughing because we were like picking through my photos to like which ones he wanted <laughs> and i'm like dude you're this is not gonna be good you're gonna cut somebody's freaking uh, pancreas out on accident because you're going to be thinking about hunting looking <laughs> up knowing where that photo came from but yeah it was pretty cool uh, no that is awesome that's uh i've got a i've done a, a few of that over the years as far as selling photos to people and um and making large prints and selling some stuff and i, I kind of backed away from it honestly i just don't really pursue it anymore as much as i used to so um but uh, it's something i'll get into eventually i just need to honestly i just need to pack up and move out west i need to move out to kind of you know, something a little bit, uh, a little better for, for photography, because like I said, there's really not a lot to do around here. So when I do go out West, I try to make the most of it when I have the camera in my hand. Yeah, no, no, I totally, I get it. But well, man, we're, we're hitting close to, uh, an hour here. Um, where can people, you know, find you, your page, your work, things like that. Yeah, so if uh, I'm really kind of just on Instagram nowadays, but if you want to go to uh, Ryan.Haines, and it's H-A-I-N-E-S dot O-S-O, you can find me there, and uh, I appreciate you having me on, Aaron. Yeah, no, I'm ha I'm glad you came on, and I followed you know your work and and obviously Whitetail Fits and everything you guys do together for quite some time, and we appreciate the photos as well. Um, I know I think it was a Whitetail photo we were looking for, uh, Whitetail pack type photo or whatever, and and uh, you hooked us up with that, so we were super appreciative. Yeah, no, that was that was fun. Um, like I said, I'd be willing to do that again in the future, and, and thank you guys for supporting me and and everything you guys do. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. We'll take it easy, man, and uh, we'll stay in touch. Yes, sir. Sounds good.